You are listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs. Today, I sit down with Pastor Chris Holcomb, a pastor at my church, uh, one of my best friends, and a guy who preached a great sermon for our church uh, just this past weekend. So I hope that you enjoy it, and I think there's going to be a lot of lessons on how we can overcome our failures when it comes to just living life with Jesus. All right. Hey, Chris. Um, I am with you here. I just said in the intro, Chris is one of my best friends. Yeah. And, uh, oh, thought you were going to talk about me, but uh, <laughs> you didn't. Um, Chris is awesome. He, he hired me here, and uh, I would say between him and Pastor Rick has been the number one thing that has helped develop me as a communicator, as a pastor, and um, as a leader, and just a human being. So thank you, dude. Yeah, well, we love you, and you are. You are a really good friend, and you have always found ways to inspire me in a, a lot of different areas of my life. So I remember this is a good lesson. I just shared this with somebody um, at coffee and it was the first time like when I was when I started preaching and learning how to preach, I would always do, you know, basically manuscript. And you came to one of the things I was preaching at and you just said, hey, I think you have a lot of gifts. I think you're really good at it, but you are chaining yourself in. You are basically making yourself a prisoner to the notes. And uh, that drastically changed so much of just just my style and how I've chosen to do things from here on out, uh, even to the point where, I mean, when I get up now, uh, I literally don't have a single note besides scripture. <laughs> and you can't say the same. You had some notes yesterday I when you preached. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, I think one of the things we often don't do um, is trust the gifts that God has given us. Right. And so when we don't spend time fully trusting God on, hey, this is who God's made me to be. These are the gifts that God has given me. This is the personality he's gifted me with. Sometimes in many areas, we we tend to just go, you know what, I'm going to try to control this or I'm going to try to do it on my own rather than just leaning into this really God-given ability that we already have. And so for you, preaching and speaking publicly is a God-given gift. And so to some degree, you'll honor God by allowing him him to use your gift and just and just let it go. Yeah, that's so good. I think that that helps you not try to be like anybody else because that's super easy to do. Even in like the church world, the oh, preaching yeah. world, there's a lot of pastors we follow and stuff. But yeah. anyway, okay. Before we we kind of we started hot there. We we're talking yeah. about preaching. Let's uh, let's uh, beat around the bush a little bit. Let's talk about you're wearing the Mahomes jersey yesterday. Right so a lot of people get confused on what teams I support. Okay, so you know I'm a PK, which means I traveled the country basically. Growing up, um, we were in a few different areas. Uh, I loved all the places that my dad pastored. But when I was I was born in Florida, when I was three, we moved to Ohio. So between three and nine, I that's when you kind of pick your teams, right? right? So we live in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State's phenomenal, so I start rooting for them. The Browns are terrible, start rooting for them. I got to have a little bit underdog and champion at the same time. So big Browns fan. Then we moved back to Tampa area when I was like nine. So I become a uh, a Bucks fan. All things Tampa. You know, the year we moved there is when they won the Super Bowl, actually. Um, so, great year for me Absolutely. this year. Uh, all the way around. I mean, lost in the national championship, but Tampa Bay won the World, or not win, they were in the World Series. Uh, the hockey team won the Stanley Cup. Tom has taken the Bucks to the Super Bowl, um, and the Browns finally had a really good year. So, I'm, I'm feeling positive, and you're excited about the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm super excited about the Chiefs. You know, I, uh, I, I never really had, I was not a big NFL fan. I was more of a college football fan for years, and 
And uh, when I got on staff here, we had a couple pastors who were diehard Chiefs fans. And I had actually never seen that level of fandom before. And so in 2013, I went to them and I said, hey, I don't want to be a bandwagon, but I don't have an NFL team and I want what you have. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to be a fan like you are. And so they said, OK, but you're not just going to jump in. And they actually we called it a two year uh, Kansas City Chiefs discipleship program. And they discipled me in the ways of the chief. And so I had to watch games and I had to study history and all of that kind of stuff. And after two years, I graduated. And they gave me a chief's hoodie and the rest is history. Full blown uh, pagan. Can you silence your technology? I'm please? trying to. It's a telemarketer. <laughs> um, full blown paganism. I love it. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. You joined a cult. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So there was something, and I'm going to use this in a sermon illustration here, I think this Wednesday for our BFC late night, which by the way, we have a Wednesday night service uh, for college young adults. So if you're in your 20s, whatever, invite them, uh, 8.30 p.m. in the sanctuary. But I think I'm going to use this illustration. And that is, um, I saw a comment from Bruce Arians, that's the head coach of Tampa Bay, and they've been terrible. And he said, one man came in here and believed that it was possible which in turn made it made all of us believe that it was possible, you know, and uh, obviously he's talking about Tom and the idea of going to the Super Bowl and playing. And I think that even the nation was like, yeah, the Bucks have been awful, but there's a chance this year, you know, yeah. like because Tom's there. I think that's incredible. So let's start talking a little bit more spiritual and kind of what all that means for us in our lives. What do you when you hear that? And this is this is not we didn't rehearse this. It's not in our notes. How do you think we could think that kind of way to impact for the kingdom? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I, I think um, I think we, we when you look at the world that we live in, right, especially now, 2020, 2021, um, there are there are so many different directions. There's so many different voices. There's so many different things that you can do and you can be a part of. But um, I, I think that's where true vision and true leadership and somebody that is truly grounded and knowing who they are, what they can do, right? I think we all recognize and see some of those things in a guy like Tom Brady, right? He's been there before. He's done it over and over again. Look, I don't want the Chiefs to play Super Bowl Tom on February 7th. You don't want to play Tom Brady. The Chiefs are a better team, but you still don't want to play Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Why? Because he's been there before. He knows what he's doing. Uh, it's nothing new to him. And so I, I think when you have somebody who can carry, knows exactly who they are and knows what they're made to do and knows exactly the direction that they're going. So in a spiritual sense, you know, in a faith sense, uh, when when you are grounded in the person of Jesus Christ, when you are truly every day trying to become more and more like Christ, um, and you know exactly where you're headed, the vision that you want to have for your life, the impact that you want to have, um, it really doesn't take a whole lot to start being an attractive, like people want that. They want to see that. They're searching for that. And I, I actually think we live in a world today that is searching for Jesus more than they even realize mm-hmm. it. They're searching for something of hope. They're searching for a light. They're searching uh, for something that's going to bring such value and meaning to their life. And and the world may not know it, uh, but that thing is, is Jesus. 
I mean, and that's obviously I immediately start thinking about like that one man who came right. and believed and and was God. Yeah. Then impacted billions. You know, and and not only that, it's it's the 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 eschatological factors, the the redeeming, the restoration, like the things that this one man has done. And then Jesus says, "Hey, uh, what you've seen me do, you can do. Like I'm giving this gift to you. Like you have the Spirit." And I just think uh, there's so many times. And again, I talked about it with Pastor Lewis, um, but even last year, I think there was so many times in my life where I just felt gray. I didn't feel like it was that like, oh, I'm not on the team that's going to win. Like I'm the bills, you know, like, and, uh, feeling a little bit like, man, does God even want to use me at this time? Or like, how can he, or is this where I'm supposed to be and supposed to be doing, you know, all these fears and things. Um, and maybe even uh, again, we're going to get to your sermon talked about failures, but like sometimes I think you can get in those moments where life is sucker punching you, you feel suffocated and you're surrounded by fear. And that feeling that you failed somehow, even even if there was nothing that you felt at, you yeah. know, I think that was it. That, that came to my mind yesterday when you were preaching. Yeah. Um, but leaning into, hey, you know what? Um, Jesus was the one man who came and he changed everything. And we can follow that. Where we, we don't know so many people. Me and my dad last week, you know, because of MLK Day, we're talking about Martin Luther and, and, and Billy Graham and how he had yeah. two different guys, two different skin colors, two different purposes, and yet they worked together to do what God wanted to do through them. And yeah, just, good. you know, so impactful. And it's like, we too, you know, if we just have the faith of a mustard seed can do limitless things for God. Yeah, that's good. You know, I hope, uh, I hope my sermon yesterday as it gets re-listened to, and I hope that failure is, is not exact. It is a major part of my sermon, right? I, I definitely wanted to hit that, but I hope that we don't leave that message thinking that it was a sermon, you know, on, on failure. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you don't talk about failure unless you talk about love first. I'm a big fan of um, you don't talk about uh, the fall of humanity and sin uh, until you talk about creation and good first. I think that's something that the church, I think that's something that actually Christians, we are a bit um, misguided in. We we tend to think solely on sin being, you know, the thing that we need to deal with first. Like, oh man, there's sin in your life. You know, so you, you gotta, need to be better. So you need to be better. Rather than being reminded that, no, 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 it starts in Genesis 1, which is God created everything good. You are created everything good. We, our original creation is good. And then this happened right? This sin happened. We are people of love. God created us out of love, but yet, and then I have these moments of failure, you know, and, um, I think it's an important, it's an important aspect. So the first part of my message yesterday, I I spend a little, a lot of time talking about love, you know, to try to set us up that this is who, this is who God is calling us and made us to be. Yeah, that's so true. And um, I think you're absolutely right. So, like, it's so easy to get in there and be in scenarios where it's like we're preaching heavy law. Yeah. You know, we've got these things that we have to be obedient to. We have to figure these out. And and even we see stories with Jesus. There's moments where um, so many times people are uh, get those stories and parables twisted. And yet Jesus is, is nothing but grace and nothing but truth. Yeah. Um, and so I think leaning into that in a major way, you know, is so true. So let's talk about, 
the love, all right? Um, so you have that, and you helped us understand, like, from the beginning, God wants a relationship with us. We see that in the cool of the garden, God is he's on a walk. And so even when he's in that moment after Adam and Eve, I was just reading through it, you know, um, have, have messed up, have made a mistake, have gone down their path for their own will. Jesus, or God, yeah, Jesus, is strolling through the garden, you know, just looking to say, hey, I'm, I'm just here to spend time with you. And we know, of course, when he says, Adam, where are you? He, 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 Adam's not lost to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, he's asking Adam, do you know where you are? Yeah. Do you know what's happened? And yeah, even in that, we see so much redemption. God then begins to clothe uh, them. And even though they're, you know, he does it correctly. And uh, the all the whole Old Testament, so many times I've been in conversations with people and they're like, well, that was the God of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Even in theology class, it was like, uh, can somebody, it was a trick question. They were setting us up. But somebody tell us the difference between the God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament. Everyone starts giving their answers, you know, and basically you're Professor's just like, you're all wrong. Uh, it's the same God, you know. And so the whole biblical story is about redemption. And it's about God's uh, relentless pursuit to redeem his relationship with humanity. And we see that kind of full-blown in the person of Jesus. So that's the love we're talking about. It is, hey, there's a creator. I said it Wednesday night. Um, I don't pray to the universe. I don't pray to universe crystals. I don't have to have <laughs> a, uh, you know, f- hen in, hem in on my, uh, what do they call it? Like, if you're a Gemini, heiress, whatever. Like, I'm not synced in with that stuff because, hey, that those are objects. Those are things that God created. I don't need to put my faith in the wind when I know the one who created it, right? right. And, uh, and so, like, wouldn't I rather have a better relationship with the clockmaker than the clock, mm-hmm. you know, even though I can enjoy his creation? And um, I don't know. I'm talking a lot here. Did you have any thoughts there before we continue on? I mean, I love the anal- I love where you went with the garden. Um, the thought that stuck out to me is, yeah, just that scene of of God, you know, strolling through the garden. I, you know, we're obviously paraphrasing the scripture. It doesn't say that he's scrolling through the garden, but but we recognize that that's what is happening in the story as he's going through the garden looking for Adam and Eve. And and here's the beauty that I want to connect to that. Fast forward all the way to John chapter 21, you see the exact same characteristic in Jesus who shows up on scene to these disciples who is just casually walking onto the shore in the beach where these disciples are fishing, right? And it's kind of just that same characteristic. You, you see that father-son relationship, just like it, just like many fathers and sons find themselves very similar. Uh, it's interesting. I had uh, two people yesterday send me text um, that said, and they specifically said almost the exact same thing. They said, "Wow, you were you reminded me so much of your dad today while I was preaching." Mm-hmm. And uh, I do. I think as I'm getting older, I'm starting to find. My myself being pretty similar to my dad, the way in which we tell stories, kind of some of our personalities. And so I love the connection between the God in the garden who's strolling, looking for Adam and Eve, looking for his beloved creations. Uh, and then, and then Jesus in chapter 21, strolling on scene, uh, onto a lake shore, looking for his disciples yeah, who are just out fishing. And all he says to them is, Hey, bring in the fish. Come on, let's have some breakfast. 
Yeah, so I think that, oh, so you said Jesus had bringing the fish. I leaned over to Emma during the sermon. I was like, actually, Jesus already had fish cooking. He didn't even use there, so it's another point to, you know, preach about. And she was like, shut up. This isn't about you right now. You know? <laughs> and uh, so even in the middle of your sermon, my wife scolded me. Yeah, it's good. What that made me think about is there's a song. I love it. You should check it out. It's called There is a King. And it basically just starts with, there is a king sitting amongst us. And I just thought like, man, like that image, like I basically, I've been listening to it every day as I drive to work and like, it almost like you cry, you know, and I meant to bring some tissues for you. I forgot in case we get there. You're saying I cry. Yeah, you cry. You're a crier. I, I do. I do cry. <laughs> yeah, you're crying. Why do I cry? I don't know. I don't cry at a whole lot of stuff. I cry I cry about Jesus a lot. Oh, here we go. I do. It's weird. <laughs> Mr. Spiritual over here. <laughs> I don't know why. I get passionate. I can't help it. Next thing you know, I'm crying so like a baby. So I agree. So I feel like those that's what that was gonna be my point. Like I'm not a crier. I'm getting more of a crier. I don't know why. Wait I'm till you become a dad. Getting softer in my old age. You know? You're going to become yeah. a dad. You're going to cry a lot. I believe it. So basically I've been listening to this song and it's almost brought me to tears like every day as I'm driving into work because it's this idea of like, I just picture, I don't know why, maybe it's because I've been watching Lord of the Rings, but I picture like them all sitting around a table, just jolly hanging out. And I'm like, I can easily picture, picture Jesus in the middle of it. I mean, you know, we have uh, writings of him being at tables and, and in living rooms and reclining and hanging out. In fact, those are the things things that I love to lean into when it comes to Jesus. And you just picture someone who just, no matter what, you know, you could be telling him some kind of story. I, I picture him at Zacchaeus's house. And Zacchaeus may be saying like, hey, you know, last year, like we ended up in the black, things were really good and blah, 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 blah. And Jesus <laughs> just being like, hey man, that's cool. Come, you know, what about your family? Like, what about yeah. your friends? Like, how's your soul? You know, like, and just trying to dive in more to pass the things that we put up, you know, that seem like, hey, this is what's going to make me important or this is what's going to make me feel successful or, and we all do it. But Jesus always wanted to get down to the basics of it, you know, and yeah. saying, hey, I just want to connect with you. So with that being said, this podcast, our desire is for this to be a bridge for anyone who's kind of like, yeah, I don't really go to church. Um, I don't, I've got a lot of questions about faith. There's a lot of religions out there. Why can't they all count? You know, whatever. And we want to be able to point towards Jesus and say, hey, this isn't about um, doing right or wrongs or, or abiding some certain code. No, Jesus has done it on, done it all on the cross, you know, in his resurrection. It is wiped clean, right? And yep. a relationship with him. Now, because of him, you're hidden in him. You're seen as righteous and you can live into this kingdom life of righteousness, peace, and joy, which is kind of just my motto, you know, like that's where I want to be. And so what do you have to say again, like even more on that to somebody who's, who's maybe skeptical about what we believe? Yeah. Um, I tend to, I tend to talk in stories. It's, it's the way in which I connect. And so, um, I mean, just like Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) so I, I would just say that I I think there's a lot of people who are, I think even people in the church are skeptical. Um, I, I often refer to myself in conversations as a natural doubter. And I don't know if that's an official term. I'm not sure, but a natural doubter. It is, it is me. I I used to really struggle with that. I used to really wrestle with that. I used to be like repulsed by it. So I'd be sitting in church and I'd be like, man, why am I doubting that? Like I know not to doubt this, right? Like I know, um, and yet I I still would find myself in these places of natural doubt. As I got older, I kind of just accepted that. 
Like I just got to this place where I was like, okay, I'm a natural doubter. Like I naturally doubt things that are happening. If someone comes to me and they're like, boy, I just, I'm having the best day ever. I'm like, best day ever. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I mean, come on best day ever. Like probably not like top 10, maybe, but not your best day. You aren't even at Disney world. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, or, or that song, this is kind of a naturally tend to doubt, you know, certain things. And, and so I really feel like the moment I started leaning into, okay, Hey, this isn't necessarily a negative thing in me. Like for whatever reason, I've been like this since I was a little kid. Like this is just kind of a bit of who I am. Um, you, you, instead you lean into that natural doubt and you go, okay, God, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Or, Hey God, what is this passage actually trying to say? Or, or, Hey, what can I actually learn from this? Um, and the interesting thing is I actually believe that the church should be a place where you can doubt. Mm. It should be the safest place for you to show up and sit in a seat and listen to the word be preached and listen to a message and hear songs of praise and to be able to sit there and go, I don't know, God, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it in my life. I'm not seeing it in so-and-so's life. I'm hearing what is said, but I'm not, I haven't quite yet experienced that or, but it should be the safest place in which you can show up and bring your natural doubts to. And what I believe is so strong is that the spirit of God is active and working and living. And, and if you can show up to those spaces and places where, where God's presence is, where the body of Christ is gathered, where you're going to be around like-minded people, I believe that God's spirit is going to work and it's, it's going to move and it's going to, it's going to do something in your life. Yeah. I, I don't think you can be around Jesus in the spirit of God without being affected by it or touched by it to some degree. So basically what we're saying is hang out with Lewis McLean. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's it. If you, if you don't know Lou, you need to go to coffee with him right away. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's true. So I think that one of my fears in today's day and age, this goes with, this is connected to social media and all media out there. And, um, you know, a lot of times what happens is, and it's okay you know I've heard Andy Stanley say this before like our mission will never change like we're married to our mission but we're dating our method yeah. so like you know whether you see sermon clips uh, and it's a little thing I do it you know we all do it we post them here too um, what that is is ultimately at the end of the day it's not necessarily for like for instance I follow all types of different pastors and churches and I started giggling yesterday to myself <laughs> uh, when I was I was about 10 different things through my feed and every single one was about a one minute clip from a pastor right and I can actually oddly enough kind of start to get a little bit like oh my gosh like overwhelmed like it feels a little like you're just trying to push your church like you're just trying to push push your sermon and we're over here doing the same I'm literally doing the same thing you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, yeah. but then I can find myself like just judging these other guy these other you know pastors and and churches and stuff and what i i feel like you know what god has finally checked me on is he's like hey like it's not for you like those little promos those little commercials that is for the the seeker that is for someone that might be just listening and they're following you know different gurus whatever and this pastor sneaks in and it's like oh you know, Jesus is telling me not to worry and, and they can get pulled in and they're like, maybe I want to learn more about this Jesus. 
So with that being said, I'm super for that stuff. On the flip side, there is a lot that I also am like, hey, you can't just take a one-minute clip and then just think, oh, that's Christianity, that's the faith, that's how they all are. Because like anything, there's all types of different people out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I reject one part of what you said, though, is because you have sent me so many things where you're like, hey, you got to listen to this. This was big time for my life. And it was a one minute clip from a from a great pastor who said something that you directly needed, you know, at just the right time. And it happened to hit you on Instagram and social media, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I am a big fan of yeah. it. But even in that, even my own like almost skepticism or whatever, like it, it kicks in. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I didn't really have a point. I just. Well, we're, I think we're talking about how how does this begin to reach people who... Well, I think the question is, how do you reach people for the gospel in 2021? In the United States, where in we In the are. United States of America, yes, where we're at. How, how does God... How does God continue to, to reach people? And, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know the exact answer. Um, is it on social media? Yeah, maybe to some degree. Is it? Is it? Is it back in the the gathering and sending of being a part of a church and community? Yeah, I think in one sense. Um, but I think all of the church right now is wrestling with this conversation. Even the big mega churches are wrestling with this conversation of of how is God calling us as Christian people to go and reach the lost in 2021 and how does that happen you know and and what are the methods and what is and where is this going to go and and how do you want to use me we all want to be used not just pastors i mean i'm thinking about uh, my community and my class okay my my smaller class of people uh, at church that Hannah and I are plugged into, and it's a community that deeply cares about one another. In fact, cares about us so much that knew that yesterday I had a really busy day, and we had a busy weekend, uh, my wife and I, and somebody in our class brought us dinner last night. Oh, that's awesome. Showed up at the door, rings the doorbell, dinner. I mean, it was awesome. Like, that is... And so our class is constantly trying to figure out how are we going to reach somebody who maybe doesn't know Jesus? How are we going to bring that person in? And and I don't know. It's a it's a tough question for us to answer and wrestle with. Yeah. And yesterday you even kind of brought it up. You were like, you know, this is life changing news. So like the goal is not like, oh, we just want more people to come to our church. Like we want more people's lives transformed by Jesus. Yeah. Like we really believe that our lives, um, everything we need, right, like can come to Jesus. I, I picture myself as a little bit of a risk taker. And part of it just comes down to like, hey, at the end of the day, like I trust Jesus that, hey, today I, I have enough. I will have enough. And tomorrow I'm either going to be here and I'll have enough or I'll be with him, you know, like, so, and I've been talking to my brother because this is a year of so much fear. I mean, so much fear, so much anxiety about what's next. And I mean, I'm obviously I'm talking because of politics, you know, and I am always on the side of, hey, be informed, know what's going on. Uh, let's let's know how to handle certain things in our country. Um, and we're always really nervous in the church to talk about that kind of stuff. You know, what's next? And we don't want to offend someone on this side or someone on that side. And and I understand, you know, like we want to make sure that everyone feels loved. 
um, and everyone is of equal value. Uh, but at the end of the day, and it, it's hard, like, because again, I, I go on both sides here. I'm like, well, we got to be informed. We got to know what's going on. At the end of the day, we have a bigger kingdom. We live on a massive uh, planet that has 8 billion people that we believe are all created by God and all loved by him. And we have to figure out, hey, we're pushing this other type of kingdom life. And so how do we get people to understand of all people, in the world, Christians should be the ones who are saying, hey, tomorrow, I don't know what it's going to bring, but today there's a goal in front of me, and that is to show somebody else the light of Christ. I'm going to be a light in a dark world. I'm going to bring salt to this earth and uh, figure out how to live that out. As Christians, that should fire us up each day, you know, yeah. no matter what the news is, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, even as a as a pastor who 100% believes exactly what you're just saying. And I mean, I'm I'm right there. Even I in this last year have been wrestling with this idea of like, okay, I belong to the kingdom of God. And that comes with a certain new set of politic, right? It comes with a new way of life. It comes with a new way of living, a a very countercultural way of living. Um, And so understanding all of those things, but then also recognizing this really, um, the the sense that I, I was born in the United States. I, I was not born somewhere else. I mean, God, for whatever reason, I was born to, you know, Glenn and Christy Holcomb in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and, and that's my life. And, and this is where I live, and this is a country that I'm a part of. And um, and recognizing all the beauty and the, the benefit and the, the, the luxury of being an American, right? And wrestling with this, um, this kind of reality that, like, I am a Christian. I am. I, uh, my faith in Christ is my number one. Uh, and I'm a part of this kingdom, but I'm also born in this, in this here United States of America, the, you know, yeah, yeah. these United States of America and, and thankful for, I mean, and thankful for so it. It's and, and, and how do you, how do you, how do you walk that line of my faith is really important, but also politics and the world that I live in and, and is also really important as well. And, and also the people around me are really important, no matter what side of the fence they may fall on. They're really important as well. And it's a lot to try to balance. It's a lot to try to balance. And here, let me say this. You should be balancing it. That's good. If you're not balancing it, uh, if you are, if you are finding in your life that I am, I am all the way over here and nothing anybody says or does is going to matter to me. I am, I am 100% a Christian. I am 100%. This is my politic in the way that I think if you're not balancing it, then, then you are not, I, I don't, let me say you're not. I have an opinion that you are probably not fully living the way of Jesus because you're not balancing the life of another person or your neighbor who is around you. I think the struggle comes in us trying to balance all of those things and navigate it that way. So I think about if the Jesus I follow doesn't have me changing my mind on a quarterly, yearly basis maybe I'm not following the right Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's just everything, right? Like I, I, that encompasses relationships, forgiveness, politics, finances, all of that. Like if I don't see 
Well, let me use a word that we are familiar with, but maybe someone else has it, the word repentance. Um, I love being able to explain what it means. Repentance is ultimately a change of mind, a, a change of heart. And in fact, it's really a nautical term. It was a Greek nautical term that meant, you know, changing directions, turning your ship 180 degrees around. Yeah. And so leaning into like, oh, repentance should be a daily matter. Yes. Like, because even if it's not sin, maybe it's certain thought patterns. Maybe it's certain mindset. And so I also cling to Paul when he says, hey, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I mean, that is, we're always in our mind, right? So it's like, I want Jesus to be massaging and, and helping lead my mind to the, the way that he's thinking, the way that he's yeah. moving. Yeah, that's really good. So... With that being said, in your sermon, you do eventually get to failing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, like I said, there's so many different ways. Like, all you have to do is have a conversation with someone, you know, like um, where you maybe meet someone and, and they're a young mom and you don't know it. You think everything is good. You think mm -hmm. their life's great and you're about to have coffee just because, man, we just, we're, we're friends. And it's like, no, I feel like I'm failing. I can't do enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know where my spiritual life is. I don't know how my family family's doing, I don't think I'm a good mom, whatever, you know, and that's just, I'm just trying yeah. to throw out an example, but I think that so many people live with it in ways that we don't understand. So where, where were you at with that? Oh man, I, uh, I love I, my, probably one of my favorite quotes over the last two years, um, has been this and, and I don't know who said it or where I saw it, but it's this, most people fail their way to success. Mm. Okay. And that has been true in my own life. Okay. You know, um, you're, you're an accountability partner, partner for me in, in many, many ways. So over the last couple of years, I've been on this, on this health journey and, um, you know, I've, I've lost weight and I've gained yeah, weight. This V8. This yeah. V8 I need right that. <laughs> uh, you know, I've lost weight and I've gained weight and I've, I've been on this journey. And, and as I look back on the two years, it is so much easier to find all the places in which I failed, right? The way in which I couldn't quite maintain that weight that I'd gotten to, and then you climb back, and then you got to do all the hard work to get back. Like so many places in which I failed. But, but here's the thing. I have failed my way all the way to some success. Like I am healthier today than I was two years ago, even in some habits, even in some workout routines, even in a mindset and a perspective, the way that I view health, the way that I view the, the, the longevity of, of why I want to be healthy, right? I don't want to lose weight just for vanity. Like I want to lose, I want to lose weight and I want to be healthy so I can be a great dad, right? All those types of things are ultimately setting up me f to be more successful, even though actually today I'm, I'm sitting in a bit of a season of where I would look back and say, man, I'm really disappointed. I didn't end 2020. I did not meet my health goals in 2020. And so now I'm kind of having to reevaluate and, and refigure out how I'm going to do that. But I think that's the way it is. Most people fail their way all the, all the way to success. Um, the, the thing about in John chapter 21 that we focused on, you know, yesterday is, um, the fact that, that Simon Peter was having to confront Jesus with his ultimate failure. 
I mean, he's failed a lot in scripture. Okay. Over and over again, he finds himself in these failing situations, but, but in John 21, he's, he's faced with his ultimate, ultimate failure. And that is a pretty much a direct conversation with Jesus where he says, I'm going to follow you anywhere. There's nowhere you'll go that I'm not going to be there. I'll lay down my life for you. And then Jesus says, no, Simon Peter, in fact, before morning, you're going to deny me three times. And sure enough, three times he denies him. He's literally too scared to admit that he knows Jesus because he may have lost his life, you know. And uh, so here he is, you know, literally confronting his ultimate failure. But here's the beauty is that just like all of us, when we fail, uh, we're almost expecting, all right, here's the consequence, right? Here's what's going to happen because of my failure. Here are the things that I'm going to have to go through because of my failure. And you have that scene where I really feel like Simon Peter is just waiting for Jesus to just give him the business, you know, and uh, he just doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't. So I think that the other thing, uh, a being transformed by the renewing of your mind is recognizing anything that I go through, I can use. Like, so when we get things like, you know, uh, hey, we got to give glory to God for all things, right? Or when um, Paul talks about through Christ, I can do all things. And um, obviously, we know, Paul's talking about contentment and, and whether having a lot or having little things like that. But sometimes we see these things um, kind of just flung around, right? A lot of athletes, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of a, of a game is going to say, you know, all glory to God, this is for God. And I'm like, hey, I love that you love God. Yeah. Um, but you, you threw a ball, you know, like, and I'm for it. Like, that's great. But there's more to it. Right. And so when I think about like that phrase specifically, and it's like, how do we turn everything for the good, you know, of God and how can he use this? That like failure, it's less of when you're getting the trophy and it's more of when, Hey, you've, you threw it away. And it's that moment of like, God use this moment. So when we say God can turn all things for the good of those who love him, it's like God ended up actually redeeming that relationship, Mm -hmm. restoring it because this person chose forgiveness over hate or, or this person chose to, to not say something instead of, you know, just let it rip, whatever, like God can use it to begin to redeem. So when we think about like, okay, I'm going to get, this is, well, it's to God's glory. Well, it's because out of this failure, whatever it might be, maybe it's something in a marriage, maybe it's something financially, whatever. It's like, I recognize the way that I was doing it on my own. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to cut it. And I decided in that moment, I was going to turn to my community. I was going to turn and say, hey, God, I don't even know if you're there. But I ask that you can help me in any way possible. And leaning into that mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah. And then being able to say, maybe later, maybe you are. How many people, we have a marriage conference coming up. And there's always at least one couple where it's like the couple was on the end. They were on the rocks. Maybe it was pornography. Maybe it was adultery. Maybe it was just full-blown you know, work and, and nothing about the marriage, whatever. And yet they're here. And we talk about testimony. It's that moment of saying, look at what God brought that was dead, but now is alive. And it's those moments, you know, where we can say, hey, I don't want to fail. I don't want bad stuff to happen. But if it does happen, I can give it to God and he can turn something into nothing. Nothing into something. Yeah, I think that's that's been one of the toughest parts about going through this last year with COVID and, and all these things. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about, man, what is the person doing right now who doesn't have 
relationship with God, right? I've spent a lot of time thinking about that person and, and I don't have, you know, one person in mind or, and I'm just thinking about this person who, who doesn't have this relationship with God to turn to, because I look at the last year, I cannot tell you how many things I have laid at the feet of Jesus. I mean, how many times I have found myself at an altar or in prayer or, or in a, on a morning drive where I'm going, God, I'm, I'm, can you, can you, can you handle this for me today? Can I give this to you? Will you, will you hold this for me today? I, it's just a little, it's just too much, you know, it's just too much for me. And, um, I just can't imagine, um, not having that in my life, like to, to know that I have this God who loves me so much, who has purpose for me, has direction for me, because that that's the beauty of, of the passage yesterday, right, is the fact that that when Jesus is confronting Simon Peter, it is not to talk about his past. It is only to talk about his future like that. He never from that day forward, from that day forward, he never once brings up his past. You know, I. When I get on to my four-year-old, Ellie, I, I bring up the past. Like, I, I'm getting on to her and I say, hey, do you know what you did wrong? Remember when I told you not to do this and you did it anyway? Like, I bring up her past, you know? And, and I'm starting to think, like, I, in some ways that's still my responsibility as her father. But in other ways, like, where am I really hitting the grace? You know, would it speak so much to her if I was like, you know, hey, Ellie, I love you so much. And, and here's what I want you to do you know, because I love you so much versus talking about the past. So he never brings up the past. He just talks about his, he just talks about his future. So we're going to wrap it up here in a second, but I want that to be, cause again, our, we are thinking a lot about that person who, how did they do it without faith? You know, and where are they and how do they, do they need help? Cause we want to help them. You know, yeah. uh, I think sometimes people are hesitant, uh, to, to maybe watch uh, a service online or to come into a church or to go to a small group or whatever because they're feeling like my past is gonna, it's gonna come with me. And um, I actually was reading an article, there's a triple X church, it's a big anti-pornography um, organization. And it was about a, a male um, porn star who basically had found himself in that life for years got out of it because of the shame and the guilt and just feeling so empty and uh, basically was like, I'll move home because no one knows me there. You know, I live with my mom. And he said it didn't take long uh, before it, everyone started to figure it out where, where he had been, what he'd been doing. And he just at that point, I mean, was consumed by the shame and the fear and feeling like, man, I can't go anywhere. Uh, but yet it was this organization that kind of helped him move forward and it is that that is the exact place and that's what I'm preaching about this Wednesday night with uh, Jesus and the, the woman caught in adultery it's like Jesus is the place we want to be in our most shameful moments right and uh, I believe we have a church that has a large community of people who say yeah this is where we want you to be you know we want to love you we want to walk with you we have so many different courses whether it's on Wednesday nights of just groups um, that are helping people kind of step out of where wherever they might have felt
felt like I'm stuck here and moving forward. Um, but then we have our Sunday school classes and, and just our meeting together on Sunday, these moments where people are saying, hey, we, we take you for who you are. We're believing in your future. And so we just want to invite you um, to, uh, to our, our church, to be a part of our family, to be a part of our community, because um, we believe that a life with Jesus is beyond anything we can imagine. And I think that you will find pretty quickly for that to be true. Even if you come and are skeptical of what we believe, I hope that you can lean into the way that we love. And uh, so that's that. That's our final invite. But Chris, one last thing, maybe a quick little encouragement before we wrap it up. Oh, man. Yeah, I just I want to encourage um, encourage you, encourage us that uh, we there, there is there is a mission for us. I mean, there there is something that God is constantly trying to move us toward. Uh, I said yesterday uh, in the message that God's love and grace is not conditional on our past. It is not conditional on our past. It is not about what you have done or where you have been or the things that you've gone through, but it is actually his love and grace is unconditional about creating our future. Like it is just always wanting to move you and move us to a different place, even if it is just one degree or even if it is just one step, uh, one step further. And if you need help getting there, if you need help, a conversation over coffee, um, on any of those kinds of things, our pastoral staff is, is, is ready to have those conversations. So we believe that, that this year in 2021, God wants to move us one step further in bringing about his kingdom. And I believe people want it. Yeah. 2021, we're going beyond anything we can imagine because of who Jesus is. So I think that's great. Chris, thanks for being on here with us and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Beyond Podcast. Um, We had a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. We'd love for you to share it, like it, rate it, all those things. Um, We believe it's a great uh, bridge for anyone who's kind of searching and would love to hear about the truth in Jesus. We believe that a life with him is beyond anything we can imagine. One last thing, uh, our services are always on bethanynaz.org slash watch. You can watch the archives throughout the week or YouTube, our YouTube account, bethanynaz.org. on YouTube. You can go there and subscribe. We put out all types of content, including this podcast and services and other services throughout our our church. And so we hope that you can follow along and live life with us. All right. We'll talk to you soon.